0: to our podcast,
1: Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show!
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Lauren and Kara.
1: Hey.
0: And we are Parenting by the Pint. Um, We are joining you from two different locations again, um, continuing our virtual podcast recordings in this fun fun times going on. Um, and today we're going to talk about a Chicago um, brewery. Well, not owned by Chicago anymore, but uh, Goose Island. We're going to talk about a couple of beers from from Goose Island, which should be pretty readily be available for most people now that they're um, distributed widely. Uh, and we're going to talk about a parenting topic, uh, which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later. So we're going to start with a beer from Goose Island.
1: Yep, we're going to drink uh, 312, which I would, I would argue is probably considered a flagship beer for them um, for a very long time. And remember back in my college days when it was literally the beer that people would order at the bar. It was at every bar. Uh, there was always a tap of 312. I mean, don't you agree?
0: Yeah, I would say this is probably one of the, um, you know, beginnings kind of of, I don't know, I don't know, beginning, but one of the earlier craft type beers, you know, you can argue Goof- Goose Island isn't really craft beer anymore. But um, I think really, when this, this started, um, it was one of the first craft beers, especially in the Chicagoland area. So
1: Absolutely. I haven't had it in
0: quite a while, actually.
1: Honestly, I'm not sure I have had it in my home in more than 10 years. Out at a bar maybe more recently because even now you can still get three, one, and two on tap. And lots of places, you know. So if you go somewhere that doesn't have a craft beer tap list, if you're in the Chicago area, the chances that they have 312 are are pretty good, I think. Um, and
0: yeah. it's usually
1: kind of my backup go-to beer if I just don't happen to see anything else, you know, if I'm not hankering for a PBR.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think 312 actually was back in like 2003-ish or something like that is when it really uh, – hit the market oh okay i remember 2002 2003 so maybe right around it would probably really popular right when we were heavily drinking in college (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean around that time though that seems right right i mean oh yeah no i mean
1: i think that my foray into craft beer was probably starting to starting to show up at that point you know we were we were solidly 21 plus years old or at mm-hmm. that age and were drinking beer at the bars because beer was the cheapest thing to drink. So right. obviously that's what we were drinking. And um, and once I graduated from college and anytime I would go out to a bar, you know, especially I went to law school after college. So I was in the city of Chicago for a few mm-hmm. years and, you know, beer was expensive at the bars in the city. So <laughs> drinking 312 was pretty much always an option. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it was probably prime drinking time for Kara. Honestly.
0: There you go. Yeah. So if you don't know, if you're not familiar with 312, it's from Goose Island Beer Company, but it's a, a wheat beer, which we haven't really drank a whole lot of wheat beers. Um, so uh, not a lot of head to wheat beers generally, and it pretty much is that. A little bit of carbonation you can see in it.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, you know, I I think that the thing about 312 and I've I've already taken a sip, but um I think the thing about 312 is that it's kind of just a it's I don't want to say it's plain because I I'm afraid that's doing it a disservice. It's not plain, it's far superior to drinking like a Bud Light or a Coors no, it's Light got, or it anything it's got like more that. Of
0: like a crispness to it than Drinking something like that, like Absolutely. there's a little bit more of an aroma. It's a better, more of a, I don't know, golden e, orangish color than just a light beer. So you can, you know, even just in the glass, it's it's a pretty typical wheat beer. Um, I would say.
1: But it's but definitely it, got a better body than than some of those other you know the North American domestic beers that you know oh, I was sure. talking about, and I, you know. I like that it's got just a, a smidge of that like that hazy look to it. You know, not to call it a hazy beer because I'll be I'll be strung up <laughs> if right. I were yeah, to say no. that. But you know, it's it's <laughs> it's got a little a little flower to it. Yeah. A yeah.
0: little bit of a um Yeah, I mean, and even the smell is kind of a little bit A little bit fruity, not much, but a little like hint to it. So no, it's a solid beer. It's a solid wheat beer. It's easy to drink. It's, you know, it's a kind of a crisp um, flavor to it. It's, there's, you know, it's again, if you're out at a bar and you're looking for something and it's a, you know, kind of a dive bar hole in the wall, you're not going to get much craft beer. 312 is a solid choice to go with.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's only a hair over 4%. So you can smash out like 10 of them. And we'll
0: be totally you fine. <laughs> you're, totally, you're totally, good. A uh, uh, little, little bit about Goose Island, not, not a whole lot. Um, Goose Island actually is a relatively, a little bit of a newer brewery compared to some of the ones of their size. Now, I guess Goose Island somewhere in between. They're not like some of the other craft small um, breweries that we, we talk about that are, you know, less than a decade old, but they're also no Miller Coors, Anheuser-Busch. Like, um, they're not huge that have been around for a long time either. They actually started in 1988 um, just as a brew pub in Lincoln Park. They were just kind of – Chicago didn't have a, you know, mainstay beer, and they were kind of trying to be that Chicago beer. Um, So they, um, you know, started distributing – I don't remember, probably a handful of years later. Um, And actually in 2011, they were purchased by Anheuser-Busch InBev. So they now are a um, conglomerate of sorts. I think the original owner, John Hall, is still the CEO of that subsidiary. But his son, who was the original head brewer, Greg, um, left shortly after they were purchased in 2011. Um, they've gone through, I think they're on their fifth head brewer now. All the rest of them have, have gone on to do different things. I was reading an article not a little bit ago that said like 10, 10, or 12 of the people that were veterans of Goose Island have gone on to either start their own, um, breweries or be a head brewer somewhere else. Like they've all done pretty well for themselves. Yeah. So, um, some former Goose Island employees that have started their own breweries started Revolution, Perennial, Penrose, Off Color, Firestone Walker, like a handful of others. Wow. So that's a yeah. pretty
1: impressive list.
0: Right? Yeah. I was I was I was reading up a little bit and was like, wow, that's that's pretty uh that's a pretty solid list of veterans from Goose Island that now have started solid breweries of their own. Yeah. So clearly some some good experience there um there's a book that came out in 2018 that i haven't read but i've seen some excerpts of that were interesting called uh barrel age stout and selling out oh yeah i have josh that book. well have you have you read it there no was I... interesting um just little snippets that i've i've uh, run into here and there and makes me kind of want to want to read it so maybe maybe one of these days
1: i got it for (laughs) christmas um i'm sure that it's going to get read here because you know (laughs) what else do i have to do i mean i could i could just keep watching scrubs over and over again or i could read a book like a cultured person um (laughs) i mean yeah yeah yeah.
0: scrubs book and you know even playing field so maybe a
1: little bit of both or yeah. either yeah, but yeah true. when i when i do ultimately finish it or if i just don't read it for like a month i'll let i'll lend it to if you when you, <laughs> you can read it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I'll
1: put it in the mail. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, right? Uh, well, actually, I did do a, por- do a porch drop off to you today of some local beer. I that saw I that, up, so I'm I super can, uh... <laughs> grateful.
1: I would be drinking it right now if I wasn't drinking this three one two. Yeah, <laughs> for <I know>. sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. So this is the first beer we're going to talk about. Um we also are going to talk about a parenting topic and another Goose Island beer. Um and we decided to talk about Bourbon County Stout, which I'm sure most people have heard of or tried or had some some something to do with that. Um and we kind of felt like, you know, Goose Island was Kind of the birth of the barrel aged beer, and so our parenting topic is going to be childbirth, so oh, we're, yeah we're gonna we're gonna have some uh, little anecdotes about that, but um yeah, so I mean really, back in the day when bourbon county started talking about doing barrel aged um you know barrel brewing barrel aged aging beer in bourbon barrels it was like nineteen ninety two and as it, the story supposedly goes, Greg Hall, who was the master brewer at the time, was at a dinner with the head distiller of Jim Beam, and they were talking, and the first bourbon barrel aged beer was actually aged in Jim Beam bourbon barrels. Um, there were six barrels, and this was back, I think, in the early, mid-90s, um, and that's kind of where it started originally they tried to enter their bourbon barrel aged stout into the great american beer fest back in 1995 and it was disqualified because there was no category that this fit into they felt it was too strong for a stout but at the time there wasn't anything else like it so there was nowhere to compare (laughs) it to so they gave it an honorable mention but they couldn't compare it to anything else at the time wow Um, Yeah, kind of crazy. Like now there's so many out there that you don't really think like when did this start or this wasn't a thing because every brewery now like has something aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah, absolutely. I (laughs) mean,
1: how many have we have we had even on this podcast in a few episodes we recorded? We've at least had a few and they're all from different breweries. So, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, just looking like look in my house or yours. I'm sure you've got a handful <laughs> from all different breweries, you know. So, yeah. um they actually didn't start really bottling, distributing, packaging this for release until about 2005, so like a decade later um, <laughs> is when it really started. And then now they've got all kinds of variants. Um, prop, which is like hard to come by, people pay ridiculous amounts of money, stand in ridiculous lines for, et cetera, et cetera. That started actually not until 2013 was the first year that was actually oh, okay. um, aged. Um, and you know they've they now you know they started in gym Beam barrels, but now they've got I think they've got a barrel house of like 130,000 square feet in Chicago that's just barrels that they're aging beer in, which is completely crazy. Um, but they're all different barrels now. Like I think this year's regular 2019 was aged in like a mix of Heaven Hill, Buffalo Trace, and something else different barrels. So they've moved on to all kinds of different barrels to get different flavors from and things like that. So um, you know, they're they've definitely expanded their horizons significantly since the nineties.
1: Yeah. That's man, what a great birth story that was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, right? That was such
1: I love the fact that they tried to enter it into the Great American Beer Festival and they were just like, this isn't it isn't anything. We
0: don't know what to... It's great. We love it, but it's... We don't even know what to compare it against. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like they didn't have... it. Thinking back that it didn't exist at the time, so there was nothing to compare it to, right? which is totally crazy. And now, you know, different world. There, you know, everybody goes crazy over it when it comes out, um, so... But, yeah, so anyways, the birth of barrel-aged beer and childbirth. Right?
1: I mean, that was a natural transition that we made there, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, let's open this BCS, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. And then we'll talk about childbirth. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I promised my husband that I would tell him when I opened this, and I went in to tell him right before we started recording so that I was like, okay, give me like 15 minutes, and then you can tiptoe out and grab some of this. Because I got to be honest, I don't want to waste it. And no, I I'm going to struggle pretty... to drink this whole bottle myself. I, I mean, know. you know, Maybe. if I was motivated,
0: I could do it. But yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it looks like more than it is. It's just a pint, but the bottle itself is, like, substantial. I don't know. Uh, Yeah.
1: No, you're totally right. I mean, you know, imagine if they put this thing in a can. You would think it was far less intimidating. but For sure. Anyway, uh, man, let's give it a whiff, shall we? Mm. And then we'll uh, start telling our awesome stories that people are probably going to turn this off before they <laughs> listen to it. my story is really funny you guys don't don't cut us short man you're gonna love it
0: <laughs> i don't have oh. very much entertaining though. <laughs> i love the smell of this
1: yeah i mean i love the smell of most bourbon barrel aged beers it's i mean we talked about it on the episode where we talked about bourbon and we talked about scotch and and the smell of those mm-hmm. liquors and like how they're it's almost a comforting smell you know like you yeah. talked about scotch smelling like a wood shop and like and that's and we mean that in a comforting way like yeah uh, not a bad thing at no, all like no, i, I said
0: i would like to literally just sit in a big leather chair with a book and like smell <laughs> the whiskey the bourbon <laughs> um so i do like the smell of that and you definitely can smell the 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 barrel from the aging process like I do think that you get that aroma
1: oh yeah absolutely um I mean just looking at this beer just to to tell people I mean just a a nice thick chocolate color you know it's I don't know it's just beautiful I mean we're this is something that came out now back in November and it's April. So what are we like? Uh, you were five months,
0: yeah, six sure. months
1: almost uh, since it came out. And I mean, it's just, it pours beautifully. It's like I said, nice and thick. It's got a little syrupy look to it. You know, if you shake your glass, you get a little bit of residue on the side of the glass, which is like just that, you know, it's just, looks great. Uh, it smells amazing. And it, it just tastes like chocolate. And it's got some toffee flavor coming through, a little bit of vanilla I'm getting from it. Um, it's a very complex, like very nicely balanced uh, barrel-aged stout. And I never used to say that about Bourbon County. When I first drank Bourbon County, I hadn't had much in the way of bourbon barrel-aged beer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. I thought it tasted syrupy i thought it was too too much of an alcohol sh- forward too strong of a flavor alcohol um and i just i i just didn't prefer it and i couldn't understand why everybody was killing each other to get it
0: either i mean yeah well i still like i i like it don't get me wrong but like people go crazy over this and mostly like the variants of it. Like you can mostly get, you can get basic Bourbon County brands out now. Most places. I mean, it's April and we can still get it, you know? I mean, so
1: when did you buy the bottle that you're drinking?
0: Like, like two days, days ago. ago Yeah, at the grocery store. Right. Like I didn't even go to the liquor store. Like yeah. my local grocery store had it. So it's a lot different than it, it you know, a handful of years ago ago where it really was harder to get the basic now it's prop is very hard to come by and some of the variants are harder to come by but um you know it's it's much more widely distributed now they're 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 producing more of it um so you can go out and get it and try it but it really is a solid barrel aged stout and i'm kind of the same thing as you like you know, a handful of years ago, the first time I had it and people were going crazy about it, I was kind of like, eh, I mean, it's good, but why all of the fanfare? And yeah. sometimes there's fanfare just to have fanfare. People just like the, you know, activity of being of, of being excited about it, of congregating, of doing that, um, you know, and, and there's probably very few that I would stand in line and do that for, to be honest with you. Um, but it's definitely a really great tasting, smelling color. Like it's an overall very solid beer. I can understand why it's won so many awards now that there's an actual category for it and whatnot. Um, you know, it, it is, it is good. I definitely do, do like it. If you have a chance to try it, I would definitely give it a shot. I haven't tried a lot of the variants. Um, this year I felt like there were quite a few.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the only way to really, in my opinion, the best way to to sample Bourbon County is to go to a bar on Black Friday. And they, a bunch, even random obscure bars will have the vast majority of the Bourbon County beers available. We went to a bar in our town that has a pretty decent Uh, craft beer tap list but had all of the variants Um, and we ended up so we went out to dinner and then we went to this restaurant slash bar and had a little bit of each one um, so we were able to try it. Well, they didn't have proprietor. They didn't well, have yeah. Prop. Well, when,
0: when you say they have all of them, I assume that nobody ever gets no. that. So.
1: <laughs> no. I, I mean, I know they put prop into kegs. I just have never seen it. I don't know where it. they go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Where I do th- these mystery kegs disappear to? I, th- I
1: think it's just at Goose Island. I yeah. think you have to go there to get it. Um, Probably.
0: <laughs> but like Moncherie and Cot ca- Cafe, like there's...
1: Cafe yeah. de Oya, and and the yeah. actually I kind of like the fact that every year they kind of change it up a little bit, you know. Like some years they do a coffee, some years they do a, a barley wine, a coffee barley wine they did one year which was really really good. Um, and proprietor is always a bit different, you know. And mm-hmm. what I love about that is it's so highly sought after. And then there are years where people love it, and there are those same years there are people who hate it. My yeah. favorite prop. Is one where it was like a bananas foster. And I don't even Mm. like bananas, but I thought it was just amazing. I mean, like, fan fantastic it tasted so good and there were a bunch of people who didn't like that year and yeah. I think that's what I like about bourbon county is that it's so established now as a bourbon barrel aged beer that they get to do these experiments and yeah. they get to change it up every year they could make exactly the same beer every single year and knock it out of the park and people would be happy and I love that they don't do that that they're still it's like just like they were at the very beginning, where they're going to just push the envelope and they're going to do whatever they want to try out. And that's what they're going to do. And people can, they can take it or leave it. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I really like that. It is cool. Like they have their basic, but then every year they do a little bit, you know, a little bit different variant, which is cool. And yeah, props different every year. I think one year, what was it? 2015. They recalled a bunch of the prop, Uh, I think. I don't know if that was Um, prop.
1: I thought that was coffee. I thought that was the coffee one that they that think, had infection issues.
0: Was it prop? It was a bacteria. It was both. It was a. It was some of their Bourbon County brand stout. So they're basic, um, okay. And also their prop 2015. Um, and not all of them were necessarily bad, but what it was was it had a bacteria in it that caused it to sour quickly. Mm. So if you drank it right away. Perhaps it, it was fine. But if you tried to let it sit, because I think there's actually a best buy date on this, which is kind of surprising. A lot of beers have a bottled buy date, but this is a drink by date on it, yeah. which is like 2024.
1: 20, yeah, is... Mine is I, I mean, we bought my husband wouldn't let me drink the bottle that he bought on Black Friday because <laughs> he made this argument that he knew where that bottle was at all times and therefore didn't <laughs> want me to drink it because it was better than the bottle he bought from the liquor store he works at right um two days ago so so i'm drinking the the second the recent, one the replacement yeah. bottle yeah, that he yeah, you know the one that we can sacrifice apparently yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah mine says 20 october 2024 yeah which, mine assuming too. you know would assume that they bottled this beer I would say roughly October of 2019. They yeah, expected so to be five have year. five years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if those ones that had the bacteria in it, like you, the people wouldn't be able to age it any additionally like in most beers nowadays if you're going to buy an IPA from the store you're going to want to drink it within a month or so like they're not going to sit for very long barrel aged or different that they do mm-hmm. have more of a lifespan they can't continue to sit and they'll they'll be okay but for the ones that they recalled in 2015 I think the issue was that it it, it would sour the beer more quickly but there was there was prop that year that was infected as well so huh. Um, but anyways, they've clearly bounced back fine. Um, I don't know if they talk about that in the book that you have or anything like that, because the book was written in 2018, so it was after that recall. Um, and, you know, they were sold in 2011, so it was clearly after that as well. But they've, you know, I feel like a lot of people use Goose Island as kind of the the bar, um, you know, to compare different barrel, bourbon barrel age beers too there was an article like last week that a bunch of people were talking about in the chicago tribune maybe that did like a march madness of bourbon barrel aged beers
1: oh um, yeah
0: so there was yeah so goose island revolution like a whole bunch of mostly local i mean very local like metal monkeys on there and wild onion pollyanna um, a whole a whole bunch. Um, mm-hmm. It's I think it was the Tribune that that put it out. Um, but I was surprised at the winner that they had, and this was done by you know some people in the business doing tastings and whatnot. But Cruz Blanca was the winner, which I've never had much wow. by them, and I've definitely never had a barrel aged by them. Wow! Um, so I was huh. I was surprised. Revolution and Goose Island made it to the top four. Gruz Blanca and Wild Onion, who I guess has been a sleeper in the area. There's a lot of people that like Wild Onion, um, in terms of their their barrel aged. It's not something. It's not a place that I've really. I don't know if I've had anything by them. To be honest with you, I feel like looking at this list, I need to to expand my horizons a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard some things about Wild Onion, some positive things, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, that is surprising. I mean, I'm not surprised that Revolution and Goose Island were in the running. I mean- no,
0: me neither. That's definitely like they essentially just made their way in without needing any other votes. There was a, some others that needed like a a you know some competition to even get into the competition. But Goose Island and Revolution were a, they were one seeds. If you want to talk March Madness. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. But then there were there were a number of others. But I've had. I've had a couple of Cruz Blanca. I actually was drinking the other day a collaboration between Untitled Art and Cruz Blanca. I think it's their Dolce de Leche um, stout, which I actually really enjoy. Um, but I haven't had just their barrel aged. So I feel like now I need to give it a shot.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, well, add that
0: to the list, right? Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, birth of bourbon uh, barrel-aged beers. (laughs) How about... Bring us right in. Our birth birth stories? Yeah, all
1: right. All right. Well, let me uh let me tell you a little story about my childbirth experience. So, I'm going to preface this by saying that it's not my intention to tell like a horrifying or graphic story. <laughs> and and in fact, I actually usually get pretty bothered by people telling their birth stories because they tend to focus pretty hard on the level of pain they experienced and uh. I just eh, that wasn't really what that day was about for me. So, I don't I don't really talk about how much pain i was in i feel like that's Uh, so hard
0: to talk about anyways because everyone has a different pain tolerance like i'll talk to somebody about getting a tattoo or something in the exact same place and you talk to one person and they're like literally can't function they're in so much pain and the other person can be having a full-on conversation like pain tolerance is so subjective
1: absolutely absolutely and i also I, i mean i mean it goes into the same vein is that your perspective on, on the experience. And I mean, we could speak, we could talk to a million different women about their birth experience and we would get a million different stories. And, um, and I like that about that. I just, um, I just personally struggle with telling a birth story in the, in the sense that I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, and, and then I got uh, an epidural and then I, because I just feel like that stuff for me isn't relevant. So my birth story is not going to be about that stuff. So I'm going to just tell you what I did that day. <laughs> All right, It's going to be a story about that day. So I'll take you back to, let's see now, February 26th, 2014. I woke so up in is the morning. Your second. This child. is this is the little one. Gotcha, this is my gotcha. little dude who I've been told who I've been telling myself I was gonna call Luigi in, in this podcast, but I haven't actually called him anything except for little brother for the most part. <laughs> um, but if I if I slip during this story, we're gonna try to make him luigi uh
0: (laughs) which is what he was going your was your preference on name wasn't it
1: uh i was gonna name the firstborn luigi Uh, i knew it was one of them yeah the arrangement was that i got to pick the first name and the first child and the middle name in the second child. Uh, and so I wanted to name my firstborn Luigi, but I got some pushback, (laughs) uh, not really from my husband, just from like literally everybody else who heard (laughs) me talk about it. And so I was very sad about that. I don't regret my decision. Um, I'm glad that I got to name the middle name, uh, Mm -hmm. for my second is Luigi. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy about that. Um, because it got used which was always the plan Um, and it's not because i like nintendo it's because (laughs) i have a relative that i care a great deal about that's named luigi but anyway now that we've gotten through the origin of his fake (laughs) slash real middle name uh (laughs) so i woke up that morning february 26th and um I started to feel contractions and when I was pregnant the first time around I was induced. So I was in the hospital when I started to feel contractions. Mm-hmm. So so being at home I I almost didn't know what was happening. I almost yeah. was I almost was sort of just like, "Oh, I've got some mild discomfort in my stomach area." That's <laughs> funny. Whatever. I get in the shower, I've got big brother the older child who i'm gonna call elmer i guess uh um, elmer is two and a half almost three at this point and he is probably still asleep when i wake up but ultimately gets up and i put him um downstairs in front of the tv watching like a thomas movie which was totally his jam (laughs) at that point in life i
0: understand yeah
1: yeah so i taking my shower i'm getting ready i got work i'm going to work and i'm bringing elmer to my mother so just kind of doing my usual thing Mm -hmm. i get him in the car i get elmer in the car and i have to stop and pick something up for work and this whole time my contractions are getting more painful more severe and far closer together like really close together and i'm not putting two and two together. Like I'm not figuring out what's happening to me. Gotcha. I had called my doctor uh with a ran like a totally unrelated question which probably turned out to be related. I had something going on that I had observed and I had I had a question about it and it was probably because I was about to have a baby. Um right. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't make that I didn't make that connection either. So I called and I was like, "Oh, I'm having uh, this thing happened and I I'm wondering about it." And they were like, "Oh, well, you know, why don't you come in and we'll take a look at you and we'll see what's going on. And I was like, oh, okay. And I had an appointment like the next day. So I was just like, I'll be in tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> so then I I leave for work. I'm in the car. I go to a vendor to pick up a stand for, for work. I get there and the guy explains to me that they shipped it to us and that, you know, I was there and I didn't need to be there. And of course I start yelling at him because <laughs> I'm about well, to have a baby yeah
0: we don't realize it but yeah
1: <laughs> i of course i don't know that but i'm sitting here like reeling in pain yelling at some random dude in a warehouse about how he shipped my order which probably was the best thing that could have happened because i never would have gotten to work yeah true it. um so at this point when i'm in this warehouse i realize you know what this is something this is not I can't go to work I gotta like I gotta go to the doctor I gotta figure out what's going on so I call my doctor and I'm like oh you know I'm I'm experiencing a lot of pain and I think I might be having contractions and they were like you know what why don't you just come in we'll take a look at you we'll figure it out and their office was in the hospital so if I needed to be admitted they could just wheel me out of the office and I could go and do whatever so I'm like oh okay cool so I call my husband, and he was working for Pepsi at the time and, uh, and had a very demanding schedule in the sense that there was very little flexibility. So, like, whatever he was doing, he was going to have to finish doing before he could come home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: basically. I mean, you know, it's not like soda's an emergency, let's be honest, but... <laughs> But, I
0: get it yeah it was work and yeah,
1: yeah he was he serviced grocery stores and if he would have stopped in the middle people would have been like why is this soda just like sitting here in the middle of the floor like he gotcha. couldn't just like get up and just walk. literally
0: away. stop and leave yeah. yeah
1: he could leave in 15 minutes but he couldn't leave like immediately and he was at least 45 minutes away from where i was going to be gotcha. so so calling him meant it was at least an hour before he would be anywhere pretty much So I called him and I'm like, hey, you know, I got to go into the doctor. I'm starting to feel some pain and I don't know what's going on, but you might want to kind of finish what you're doing because
0: (laughs) something's going on here. And yeah, yeah,
1: this might be something. And I should note at this point that this was about a week before my due date. So I wasn't close. yeah, Yeah. I wasn't quite due yet, but I wasn't like out of the realm of possibility. Right. Yeah. So I call my father after this and i'm like hey man uh you need to bring mom out here because i i think i'm gonna have a baby and he was just (laughs) like oh i'll tell her to head out right away and i was like no 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 that's not what i said don't tell her to come i don't have time to wait for her to get out here you need to go get her and you need to get here right now like Ah, this needs hmm. to happen now i'm not waiting an hour and a half okay yeah so he's like okay 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 so my dad goes and gets my mom. I sit my, I sit my older child, Elmer, down to finish the Thomas movie. Actually, I think I started it over so that he would have something to do.
0: Something to occupy and him.
1: Yeah. I literally just like, sat down in a chair for 45 minutes while I waited for my parents to show up. My dad and my mother show up. My mom starts to manage Elmer. And my dad's like, all right, well, come on, I'll take you to the hospital. And I go, oh, oh, that's, no, you don't have to do that. I'll just, I'll drive. It's no big deal. I was totally, I'm still not getting it. I'm still not understanding what's happening. I'm about to have a baby and I have no idea. And it's not my first time. I don't know what is happening to me. So...
0: This can't yeah, this can't be happening. It's yeah. fine. it's gas. It's just yeah, gas. I don't know
1: what this is, but you know, it's fine. It's it just hurts every five or six minutes. That's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it's fine. Consistently, so I, yeah. Yeah.
1: For about a minute or so for every five or six minutes. I don't know if you guys know anything about having a baby, but that's that's kind of significant. the definition. Yeah. Yeah. That's that means something. So like my dad is just like, No, no, no. I'll take you. It's no trouble. Let let me just take you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. You know, if I end up having to stay or whatever for some reason, (laughs) some uh, some
0: weird reason, I would hate
1: to have my car be stuck there. So let's do that. That's fine. So my dad drives me to the doctor. They take me. I go back. I see the doctor who's on call that day, and she's like, "Uh, how's your pain?" And I was just like, "Well." This is the only thing I'm going to say about my pain because I said I don't like <laughs> to talk about that. But I was sort of like, you know, I mean, it's it's frequent. It's not that bad, but it's frequent. And uh, and she was just like, because you're really, really far along. Like, you're really close. <laughs> and I won't, I won't get into more detail than saying that when I was in the office, I was 7 centimeters. Oh, geez. Uh, and 10 is... Yeah, baby. you're having the baby. Yeah. <laughs> so... Seven's a lot. Seven's a lot for an office visit. Um, yeah. So she's like, We're just going to, we're just, did you bring your stuff? Did you bring your stuff? And I was like, I did bring my stuff. Why? And she was like, Because we're going to just, we're going to just go over here in the, the next yeah. building. Yeah. We're going to
0: have the baby now. And I was
1: just <laughs> like, Oh. So that's <laughs>
0: what's happening.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so they bring me out of the office and my dad is in the waiting room and they're like, what's going on? Cause I'm in a wheelchair now. And they're just like, what's happening? And he's, and I say, oh, uh, uh, they're going to admit me because I'm going to have the baby now. And he's just like, oh, okay. Okay. And they're <laughs> like, can you go get her bag? Cause it was in the car and meet us and just go up to like labor and delivery and, and they'll direct you and, mm-hmm. and you can bring her her stuff. And I, he was like, yeah, sure. Okay. So my dad brings me my stuff in the room after i've like gotten changed or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like i'll stay until your husband gets here now i called my husband again at some point right, during yeah. this probably Be
0: like you really have to come here now
1: <laughs> yeah i probably called him like right after she said uh we're gonna you're gonna stick around you know like yeah i'm right sure. away so gave
0: him the heads up
1: <laughs> yeah i so he had a little <laughs> bit of notice but not a ton so i um you know, they get me in there, and then my dad meets me in there with my stuff. And uh, he's just kind of, like, sitting in the chair in the corner of the room. And we're chatting off and on, you know, and I'm pretty calm. And he's just, like, he has this look on his face, like, am I going to have to deliver a baby? Right.
0: <sighs> this isn't supposed to be me. I'm not supposed I'm not, to be here. <laughs> he's like, I wasn't
1: even here <laughs> for the last one, which was right. me. And right. so, so he's just like, what's the, uh, what's the plan? And I'm like, dude, you can go. Like, no. I don't, I, you're not going to help. Like, right. you can go.
0: <laughs> you are not going to be of any help in this situation. Yeah.
1: But he was, you know, very cool, very supportive and hung out until my husband showed up, um, who showed up. And I had uh, Luigi about five hours after my appointment oh, in geez. the
0: office. How yeah. long was your husband there before uh, you had the baby?
1: Maybe three hours. I mean okay. maybe he yeah. he was pretty quick at that point. Yeah, but, that's um, fair. Yeah. My appointment was at about eleven thirty in the morning and he was born at like four thirty and wow. uh I was probably, like, admitted and in the labor and delivery room and all of that jazz by, like, twelve fifteen. Gotcha. And my husband turned up probably around 1-ish, 1.30. Oh, so not know? bad.
0: Yeah. It yeah. wasn't, like, cutting it too, too close. No. Where it, you're, like, oh, I'm having the baby and he just shows up a little bit right. before. He was,
1: like, in the middle of it. No. Right,
0: yeah. Ah. Yeah, that's
1: it. That was it. And then Luigi was there. And, uh, you know, my, my folks kept uh, Elmer for a little bit. Uh, But I did stay solo with him in the hospital, which was probably the worst part of the story is that Mm. my husband was at home with Elmer, which was completely reasonable. It was just hard for me, you know, because I was bored and lonely. Babies are very boring.
0: Uh, yeah, less the, the few times, especially newborns, newborns, like, they need you periodically, and that's really about it. And then the rest of the time, they're just sleeping.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm not, I don't sleep. Like,
0: mm, yeah. I'm
1: not a sleeper. Like, I can't be sitting around in the middle of the day and, in a take hot, a nap. and like, yeah.
0: doze.
1: I just... I don't know. I just don't really do that. Although I will say I've been doing that more recently now with all my newfound downtime. Uh, when I'm in the, in the middle of teaching my children uh, oh third grade and kindergarten every once in a while, we have what I call quiet time.
0: Ah, uh, yes, that's on our schedule as well every day.
1: <laughs> it's not long enough. It should be like three
0: hours. Half the be, day should be quiet It should be, it should be like
1: <laughs> the length of a Lord of the Rings movie.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, my, uh, yeah, my birth stories are nothing actually exciting at all. Like, my first um, was... Long and painful and mm-hmm. induced and I think I went in on a Tuesday night and didn't have him until an emergency C-section on Thursday morning. Oof. So that was miserable. Um. So, but I will say that I don't remember, I don't remember this but my husband likes to tell this story. I don't know if it was the first or if it was the twins but both wound up being C-sections. The twins were a scheduled C-section because, mm-hmm. well, I'd already had a C-section and they're twins and they were right for anyone that is a parent listening to this, like the twins, each of them were one was six pounds, eight ounces and 21 inches long. And the other was six pounds, 13 ounces ounces and 20 and a half inches long, I think. So they were the size of a normal child. Yeah, and there were big. So yeah. they were two. They cut them out and yeah, pulled them out. But um, apparently when I was getting the C-section, I just kept saying to my husband, like, just talk to me, just talk me through it. Like, I'll be fine. Like, stay here, talk to me. And then apparently he said like, Two words and I was like okay just shut up just shut up I don't want to hear you <laughs> <laughs> he's like but you just no no just 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 shut up <laughs> and that's I so don't funny. remember that at all but that's apparently how his recollection of my time in the OR
1: awesome
0: doing the C-section was <laughs> that's so. so
1: funny. I do remember my husband when we had the second child
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was just sort of like you know the first time around I felt like I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I did not have a C-section with either kid. So I did the whole like, and with my Mm -hmm. first child, I pushed for like three and a half, four hours. It was brutal. It was like this really long, quote unquote, active labor time, you know? So um, it was pretty exhausting. But um, when we got to the second time around, he was kind of like, what do you want? Is there anything I can do? Like, (laughs) what do you want me to do? And I, I didn't say this to him. And I don't necessarily mean it, but but part of me was sort of like, dude, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, right. I don't. <laughs> it's fine if you're there. It's okay if you're not. Like, I don't really need emotional support. That I didn't have that attitude about childbirth, where I needed like, like people talk Someone about how they want do. an advocate and they want somebody to coach them, and no, I just that's not I didn't style. need that. I yeah. didn't need that. In fact, when I went to have the second, I was like, I was talking to the nurse and she was like, what kind of like motivators? What, what do you want me to say to kind of keep you going? And I was just like, well, I respond really well to being yelled at. So if you could <laughs> if you could just like yell at me like, what are you doing? Don't give up. This is what you need to do. We need to get this over with. You need to finish this.
0: Stuff like that would really help. Oh, okay, there you go. It's not yeah, not so much emotional like soft support it's just let's get this done (laughs) yeah
1: well that's how I operate in a normal like that's how I I get it my job yeah
0: I'm definitely understand but yeah no you don't really need the hand holding yeah apparently and like I think I was just freaking out like I'd never I've never had a major surgery in my life so like and with the first one like they induced me And I got to eight centimeters. Dude's head was gigantic. Like I had been in labor for far too long. Mm. They just needed to get him out. So they did the C-section. At like 1 30 in the morning oh, like they had to geez. call in they, you know my doctor and whatnot and it was just a disaster but yeah so it, you know and at the time i think i was just nervous so i'm like all right just talk to me make sure i know you're here blah blah, blah. right and apparently that's not what i actually wanted okay just shut up no i don't i don't want to hear it <laughs> i don't want to hear you <laughs> That's awesome. so yeah but
1: <laughs> although and i mean yeah. this in the most loving way possible knowing full well that brandon will hear this uh-huh. i could see how at some point you would be like you need to stop talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can't even argue. I, I do not recall this in any way, shape, or form. So I cannot even de- defend myself <laughs> whether it happened or did not happen. That's but, so funny. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, no, other. I got, I got nothing else interesting. I mean, they, you know, they... They did C-sections for both, um, so obviously I had an epidural, so pain was fine. The thing that did freak me out, though, particularly with the twins afterwards, was that I could get up and walk almost as soon as I was back in the room. So I was like, that wore off incredibly wow. fast. Wow. Like, So that that, I think, freaked me out like... What if like what if this took longer? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Oh so you know, yeah. It's
1: funny that you say that because I had the opposite reaction with my second. I had an epidural,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which probably is gonna come as a total shock to people because I was only in labor for like five hours. Well, yeah. at the hospital. <laughs> at the hospital. Um, you were
0: in labor for long. When yeah. she was
1: like wheeling me into the room, I was just like, Can you can you call the anesthesiologist? Yeah, like, really like
0: right quick? now.
1: Like <laughs> I just wanted him to be there when I change into the gown.
0: <laughs> just do it, just get it over with, like he let's just get like done. come
1: in and shoot me with the dart in the back really quick <laughs> before I get settled.
0: Yeah, that'd be great,
1: yeah, yeah, but I had a i it took me forever to regain feeling, like she it. was like, she wanted me to take a shower mm-hmm. before we like moved me into my room, and she was just like, "Are you good? Can you stand up And I was just like, "Well, what do you mean? And she's like, "Well, can you feel your legs? And I did not feel one of my legs for like three hours after moving to my room
0: wow i just
1: was like i'm sure it's fine and in my (laughs) head i was like i thought about it later and i was like man that was such a stupid thing to do like i easily could have fallen and gotten hurt and no one no one was carrying me yeah exactly i was just
0: walking assuming that your legs will figure it out (laughs)
1: yes so uh if i ever have to go through like rehabilitation or physical therapy (laughs) uh I'm not going to do very well <laughs> because I obviously have no awareness whatsoever for my, my capability.
0: Right. Yeah. But I
1: was just like, I was really hungry and I wanted yeah. to go to my room and it was, it was dinner time. You know, I mean, I had them at like 4:30, like I said, and right. my family wanted to come in and they mm-hmm. wanted me to be in my room when my family was going to come see me. So yeah. I wanted to just, it was like, I remember being like, I just want to go. I just want to, can You're we like move on? I can't on?
0: really walk, but I just want to move on to the next I'll, step. So I'm going to wing it.
1: I'll do what most patients do and lie. <laughs> yeah, and then you guys true. will just let me go. <laughs> and hope I don't fall. How's yeah. your leg? You got feeling? Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel, yeah, I could feel that. Yeah. Hit me in the leg. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, ouch. That hurts. Yeah. My yeah. eyes are telling me that it hurts. <laughs> All of your senses, just not the feeling. Well, not the touch. Yeah, no, I had the opposite. As soon as I got back wow. to the, as soon as I, I was like, I, I'm good. Like I can walk. Like it. That, and I think that hit me so much because I had the C-section that I was like, that would have been incredibly painful if this would have worn off much earlier. So, um, yeah, and it's not like it really took wow. that that long like even though it was twins like they pull one out one right after the other and then sew you back up so oh yeah
1: well my <laughs> sister-in-law is an ob and she um, talks very rarely about being one but she mm-hmm. has said how quickly she can do a c-section that oh it's i'm just sure like yeah you know.
0: yeah no yeah no it was it was a fine experience both you know the first one was just too long and whatnot but the, yeah. the twins were fine have yeah, everything went fine, nothing else interesting about mine, which I'm a okay with. I'm good with all hey, right? interesting childbirth yeah. stories.
1: Relatively uneventful is the best kind of childbirth. I Agreed. mean yeah i mean my whole story is all about the lead-up it's like yeah. none of the birth part was complicated i mean dude yeah. you know i hit 10 centimeters and they were like okay push and like 20 minutes later there was a baby and, and that was a baby. it and yeah. there was nothing you know he didn't have any issues my first time around i had he had uh uh like a. Uh, uh, what's it called the billy rubin levels were high so he had to be under the lamps jaundice Jaundice. yeah Yeah, i couldn't get how did i remember billy rubin but i didn't remember Jaundice.
0: yeah (laughs) i totally understand yeah
1: (laughs) so like we had to go through all of that and we even had to go back to the hospital after we Mm -hmm. took him home at one point and stay the night so they could put him under the lamps and it was like this whole exhausting process
0: yeah but yeah Nice. Well, birth of beers, birth of children, some good beers to drink tonight and that you guys can probably get in most places. So thank you for listening.
1: Yeah. Thanks everybody. And, uh, don't forget to find us on Facebook and Instagram and someday, maybe soon, because I have nothing else to do. I'll start a Twitter account for us. Ooh, so I keep talking about by the it. Point. Yeah, yeah. So let's assume that that exists by the time you listen to this. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. Thanks again. And thanks to common weather, by the way, for our intro, I forgot to shout out them, um, at the beginning and, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys again soon. All right. Take care. Bye.